welcome to the 10th Evidence-Based Nursing Podcast. I'm Dr. Joanna Smith and I'm one of the Associate Editors at Evidence-Based Nursing and I'm also Senior Lecturer in Children's Nursing at the University of Huddersfield, UK. So in this podcast, I've got great pleasure in welcoming Dr. Skolnick from the Hospital of Sick Children in Toronto, who will discuss his recent evidence-based nursing commentary that explored topical analgesia as an effective way of reducing pain during laceration repair with tissue adhesive in children. So welcome, Dr. Skolnick. Thank you. You're welcome. And I wonder if you could start beginning by just introducing yourself and your current role so our listeners know where you're coming from. Um, I'm a staff physician consultant um, in the Division of Pediatric Emergency Medicine at the Hospital for Sick Children, which is um, a large referral hospital for the greater Toronto area, serving an area of four or five million people. I'm full-time in the emergency department uh, where I'm an educator and sometime researcher. Thank you. So you've got a broad knowledge base. I just wonder if you could start by explaining why you became interested in the management of procedural pain in children. I think it's a natural extension of my work in pediatric emergency medicine. Um, Unfortunately, many of the things that we do and have to do to the children Uh, such as insertion of intravenous cannulas, taking of blood samples, um, repair of lacerations, manipulation of fractures, do involve pain. And um, I don't think we're unique in attempting to make uh, these procedures pain-free in children. We we call our emergency department an outless emergency department. And the aim is to preempt and uh, try and minimize pain at any stage in our daily practice. Uh, so we, pain is inevitable, um, but can be dealt with and minimized, I think would be one way of looking at it. Um, and then uh, perhaps um, much less important in the mix is the fact that I did engage in a little bit of research uh, in, in this field um, through my career in, regarding the use of topical analgesia for the insertion of IVs. And um, finally, I must mention that I work in a center with some very eminent uh, groundbreaking researchers who have spent their careers dealing with pain, neonatal pain, especially pain in general, um, perhaps attacking the, the preconceptions that Well, it's good to allow children to experience some pain, even if it's just from vaccinations, it's part of growing up. And these researchers have really said, no, we can minimize even those procedures and that they've shown that the outcomes are importantly positive uh, in doing that. So I've had the pleasure of working with just some really strong people. Yeah, and I suppose in your field of work, it's often the first contact children will have with health professionals. So it's important to get that right, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, One of my colleagues has uh, shown that the phobia that can be uh, started by incorrectly handling pain early on can have long-term, real, measurable outcomes in children in their later life in that they will seek medical care later than their colleague who don't have the fear of pain, for instance, from a needle prick. 
so we, in being sometimes the first contact that children have with doctors and with pain and with needles, if we handle it right, we can actually have an impact on their long-term health outcomes, not just how they perceive the, the pain of this particular procedure. Yes. So if we just think about the study that you reviewed, which related to the efficacy of pain control in laceration repair, what do you think were the strengths of the study undertaken by Dr. Harmon and his colleagues? It was done meticulously. So what they're trying to show or what they were investigating is a very simple question. Can we reduce the pain by using topical analgesia? for a very commonly performed procedure in the emergency department. But they, they, they could have done this, uh, thank goodness they didn't, but they could have done this in a very superficial kind of way and, I don't know, ask the parents what, the, what they thought their kids felt, something as superficial as that. But no, they, they did it as meticulously as possible. And really, I think that their methodology enables them to say, we, we answered the question as best can be done. And they did not make any overreaching claims. They simply said, we have a question, let's see what the answer is, and then they present the answer. And this is the way to do clinical research in that it moves the field forward just one little step at a time, showing that a, an intervention does or doesn't work. So it, it, was, a, it was modest, well done, and, and, sh and, and had a, a, a neat little outcome that can make a difference to us as clinicians. Thank you. And on the other hand, what do you think, if there were any, were the limitations of the study undertaken by Dr. Harmon and his colleagues? That's probably a little bit um, more difficult to answer, as you've sort of indicated. Um, I think it was quite a strong study. The outcomes were not measured by a tool that's mm. uh, very well uh, established, but it's very difficult to measure pain, which is a subjective measure. Yeah. So they used combinations of what the patients reported, what the patients showed, and what the parents and caregivers thought. And really, that is that is how these um, kinds of studies are undertaken clinically. Um, so I, I think they gave it a really good go. Good, thank you. So, thinking about that this was a positive study, well done, what do you think were important about the findings of the study? I think that the most important thing was that it gave a little bit of a headline banner to something which many of us clinicians, nurses, doctors who deal with children would probably intuitively have felt and may even have been doing and they put it on the map with a firmer scientific basis, i.e., we all agree that children experience pain when they have a laceration. You can see that they don't enjoy the laceration being repaired, even when glue or tissue adhesive is used, and any one of us would want to minimize that pain. So that, that's a given. But what they did was, and they said, okay, here's a very simple, non-painful non intervention. Let's see if it works. And then by showing that it did, they give credence to and support for those who want to say, okay, let's go. Let's go to our bosses. Let's go to the directors. Let's try and introduce this very simple intervention and make it part of our daily practice. I see this as one of those interventions that many people 
perhaps at the forefront of the field or who deal with children regularly are already doing this. But along came these authors and they showed that it should be done. And I, I really enjoy that kind of research because as a clinician, it gives me something I can put in my back pocket and if anyone's objecting to what I'm doing, I can say, no, no, this is now on a firmer scientific basis and we should be doing it rather than me saying, I'm sure it helps. So I think that that was the biggest thing that they've done. They, they, they've shown that something that intuitively should work, that many people are already using, does work. So thinking about this, um, procedural pain is a big issue in um, children's emergency departments. What kind of further research do you think is needed in this area? I think that research that is undertaken with this degree of clinical stringency um, can be extended to, or should be extended, to almost any painful procedure that we do in the emergency, to different age groups, and just as Hartman and others have done, they've got to whittle away at this um, large, let's say, body of pain that we deal with and show that at each juncture, a certain set of interventions reduce the pain. So I think that the same model of research could be applied to different areas of pain, different age groups, and perhaps one of my most important messages would be to use multimodal interventions. There's lots of work, for instance, that's been done on distraction techniques for many ages um, of children, the use of medical clowns, the use of uh, videos, the use of music. And each of these gain credence in the eyes of the public and of the medical public if they keep on being highlined and headlined by good pieces of research that show that they work. So I think different areas, different age groups, and then combinations will advance the field of providing the children with a pain-free experience in the emerge. Thank you. So we're coming to the end of this podcast. If listeners were to take away one key message, what would you think it would be? <laughs> um, use Hard. <laughs> so, so, so there we have it. Um, the, the use of um, topical analgesia or topical anesthesia works. It works um, in any area where it should work. So I would even cheat a little and say, you know, they've shown that it works for laceration repair. If you have something else where it's safe to use it that doesn't quite fit this particular area, use it. Something that just came to mind as I'm talking to you. If if a child has a particularly uh, dirty abrasion and you're not worried about um, too much absorption, you, you're keeping to the amounts of topical analgesia that should be used, then why not apply some of that before you scrub their wound clean when, when you're trying to avoid tattooing? It, these are obvious little extensions People should have it on their horizon, on their radar, and they should use it. And they should investigate and look at other modalities for pain relief and use them together. If you're using drugs, use them at the right time so that they will peak when you're doing a procedure. If you're giving sucrose to a neonate, use it correctly, use it repeatedly, but time it right. So it means that you've got to have a knowledge of this simple armamentarium that's available to treat pain in children, but you've got to use them correctly together 
to get the best effect, don't hold back. Children do feel pain. Sometimes they might not show it in ways that you think, but you've got to try and minimize it. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast as much as I have, and I'd like to thank Dr. Skolnick for an interesting discussion. So thank you, and thank you, Dr. Skolnick. Thank you very much. All the best.